Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl, hey. Welcome back to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and right now with me, a long time, well overdue. I feel like we've podcasted like at least three times together at this point, yet this is her first time on Taste of Taylor. You guys might know her as Big Kid Problems. I know her as Sarah Merrill. Hey, girl, hey. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Oh, my God. Long time coming. Long time listener. <laughs> first time caller. <laughs> first time caller. So uh, I actually met. So Sarah, I met you on your podcast, which is also uh, the Big Kid Problems podcast. It's great. You guys make sure to check it out uh, like a year ago, maybe more a year and a half. Yeah, I actually think it was like almost exactly a year ago because you you popped up on my time hop, which I can't believe. Really? It, yeah. You know, I think, I think time <laughs> hop or whatever it's called is that facebook i i don't i don't have it i i i un i unsubscribe to it all because i think it's actually like it's abusive to show <laughs> me where i was and what i looked like a year ago i can't handle it i don't want the memories oh see i love it just it, it actually is good for me like content wise because i'm always like trying to create content for big kid problems and yes. like my big kid problems now in my 30s are like much more boring than the ones in my 20s so when i see <laughs> pictures from like my facebook like 25 like when i was 25 pop up i'm like i can i make jokes to that girl you know what i mean oh my god well that's actually a genius way of using it and a very productive way of using it. I had a friend, you know, the, um, the 30, what was it? Was it the 10 year challenge on Instagram? Oh God. Yeah. I simply refused. I was like, <laughs> this is made the the, 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 the 10 year challenge was invented for 29 year olds. Cause it's fun to see what you look like when you were 19. Guess who this was not made for women of a certain age nearing 40 who don't want to remember what their peak looked like. Thank you. So I refused to participate and then my friend who I love and she is also a co-host of my radio show and I know she's going to hear this going to get back to her Andrea I love you but she like 10 year challenged me like over text literally the day after New Year's Eve which is like arguably the most depressing day of the year you're hungover easily you're like you're gearing up for like getting like you're almost done with vacation the biggest vacation that you get all year long and then you're about to like go into new year and go on a diet like I could not be in a worse mood on January 1st and she literally was like 10 year challenge oh my god look how skinny you look in this picture and I was like I will murder you in your sleep 
I know where your children live. I was so mad at her. We're fine again. But yeah, I'm just like, but that's a productive way of using it. Well, speaking of your account, so you have a huge meme account. Is that what they're called? I'm like such an old lady. I don't even know. I guess so. Like, I hate calling myself a meme account because I feel like I'm a little different than your average meme account. Because okay, I- so how about this? Do me a favor and explain like what the tr- what what the traditional like definition of a meme account is and how you differ. Yes. Okay. So okay. I think a traditional meme account, and I've met a lot of um, other people who run meme accounts, and it always I'm always like so angry that I don't do it this way because it's so much easier, and I like literally torture myself. <laughs> Um, but most meme accounts are like, will congregate all the best memes that they find on the internet. Uh They'll scour the internet. Sometimes they have other people that, you know, help manage the account that are just like their whole job is just like finding the funniest memes on the internet and then reposting them to their page. I'm going to say this as an example, because I watched a documentary on him, like fuck Jerry, for example. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's it's like a business. Yes. Yes. aggregator okay. aggregator of memes so that's how a lot of them work and so they're able to post you know five six times a day um they're getting you know a lot of traction to their page they grow really really rapidly so i'm a little bit different because i try to create most of my memes i i will repost here and there but for the most part it's um either my tweets or memes that i've created um based on like my life or you know my friends that i like to make fun of on my page Um, but it's all, it's mostly original content. So I'm only posting, you know, once or twice a day, uh, and I have to think about it. So it's like a lot more work. Um, well, it's kind of like writing jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's writing jokes. It's writing little, like sassy little jokes every day, which is fun. And I love to do it Uh, and it's a blast and it's, it's actually like super therapeutic. It's kind of my, I call it my free therapy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bit different and it's kind of, it's weird because people like who know me, like can really tell a lot about my life and what I'm going through by reading my jokes that I'm, I'm posting. Do you feel like you're exactly like you are in person the way you are through your account or is there a slight difference? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Like big problems is kind of like all the shit I would never say out loud. It's like, (laughs) it's like the devil on my shoulder. Like, I'm a pretty, like, nice, chill person. Like, people are always shocked when they, like, find out that I run this account and then they read it and they're like, wow, you're a dick. (laughs) You know know what's funny? Do you know who Jackie Schimmel is from the Bitch Bible? Yes. Okay. So, Jackie, I've, like, known for years now and... I got to know her like as a person before I knew her like her as a podcasting host and as like, you know, like in like an influencer. And it's so funny because she's really not to like not to blow up her spot, but she's like very nice, like incredibly so. And her husband is such a doll, which you can totally tell through her Instagram. But like she I have to always remind myself when I see her now, because now like I listen to her podcast, like, you know, I follow her like Instagram stories and I get scared to see her because I'm like, she's so bitchy. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm talking to her in like 10 minutes and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. It's just Jackie. Like, I forget, you know, people. It is funny how we build these brands and they're, of course, like a counterpoint in us or like a part of our personalities. But it's not like who we are in our totality. So, like, I guess my brand is like, I'm crazy, you know, and like, I'm irreverent and like, I'm like wild. Like, that's the word. Like, and it would be like, this is my crazy friend, Taylor. <laughs> and so I remember my mom had like a friend of hers that listened to my radio show and 
I was coming home for the weekend and my mom was like, oh, you should like come over. Like Taylor will be there. And my mom's friend was like, mm, I'm a little nervous to like be in a social setting with Taylor. My mom's like, what do you mean? She's like, I just feel like she like is going to just like say really rude things and like embarrass everybody. And I'm like, what am I, what am I Mr. Peepers? I'm going to like get on the table and like eat an apple and spit at everybody. Like I am a person. I was raised with manners. Like me when I'm behind a microphone and, and I'm like, um, I'm like, it's like Sasha Fierce, you know? It's it's like it's, yes. it's like a heightened version of me. I'm like, I'm a savage on the radio, but I'm not a savage, like, at a dinner party. Yeah, <laughs> like with your family's friends. Wait, can we just go back to that Mr. Peepers reference? Because <laughs> yes. that is incredible. <laughs> Wow. I feel I feel like that's what people think. They think I'm like like wearing overalls, no shirt, my boobs are flopping around, and I'm just like bat, bat, bat. Like, oh my god! Like I am civilized-ish. Yeah, it is funny only- though that like these characters kind of take on a livelihood of them of themselves. You know, like I, I know I started Big Kid Problems when I was in college. So like in, in so really- how long ago? My God. <sighs> carry the one um it was 2011 <laughs> damn so almost 10 years of this 10 shit. years yeah we're almost at 10 years uh which is crazy um but yeah it started when I was in college and then it really kind of took off in my early 20s so like big kid problems didn't really evolve you know this didn't have the same like human evolution that like Sarah did you know what I mean right. so like she's still kind of a little crazy and like <laughs> going out and you know I just like it was hard for it. We've just like had a, some kind of departure in our lives and like, she's gone one way I've gone the other way, but it's so much fun to like take on that and, and pretend to be here every day. It is. I remember I had a listener that reached out to me years ago and she was like, cause I've been doing this now for like 15 years. And she said, I wish like you've inspired me to like, like you've inspired me to be as brave as you are. And I was like, girl, same <laughs> like I was like if I, I I was like I have to start being the person on the radio who like sets boundaries sticks up for herself like puts people in their place I'm like that is like a version of me I wish I was do you know what I mean like for so long I was like playing a character that I I, I aspired to be like and then it, it occurred to me that everybody thought I was that character and then I felt like a fraud Cause I was like, I'm way cooler on radio than I am in person. I'm a fucking pussy pushover in person. <laughs> and so I started to like challenge myself to like be her and I got a divorce and became a lesbian. So fucking voila, it, it worked. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I love that um, you were able to like take your persona and like have her fucking hype you up to do that. It's very dangerous. Very dangerous. A lot of sinkholes in that uh, plan I didn't see coming, but it's okay. We're surviving. Um, okay, so wait. So back to your account. So you started in college. Like what? I mean, did you ever think it would be where it is now? It's a full-blown business, Sarah. Like, oh, yeah. It's crazy. You have over half a million followers. That's <sighs> and Anyone who knows me knows I'm fucking obsessed with these types of accounts. Like, it's they're huge i mean that that's that's we're talking like i started my radio job with cosmo magazine right at the time they were the number one world magazine in the world for women and their circulation i think at their peak was like three million that number might be wrong but like like that's the number one globally like when you have five hundred thousand people following you and growing like you that's a huge business that's it's shark tank shit <laughs> shark tank shit i wish <laughs> i wish it paid like shark tank shit i haven't figured out that piece yet <laughs> i agree i, agree. <laughs> I know but sometimes like, people are like oh you have like a half a million followers like you must bank and i'm like 
uh, <laughs> how can someone teach me? Um, no, I have like, Same. I have, t- yeah, I've turned it into a business, but like, it's still, it's not like as crazy as I think people think it is. Do you think that people always think that like, especially when it comes to anybody who's like, I'll, I'll use the word notable, right? We have notoriety. I, do you think, I, I think that the, everyone always thinks we have, we make way more income than we do. Totally. They're like, wow, they're <laughs> crushing it. And I'm like eating like Taco Bell for like the third day in a row. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't have whole, I don't have whole foods money this week, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, 100%. Their perception is, is a funny thing and I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I've been at this for, like we said, almost 10 years and like I find myself pivoting like every year trying to like you know, monetize, but not lose my voice. Like that's the whole thing too. Like I could totally sell out tomorrow and like maybe make more money, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it the responsible way and, you know, keep, keep the people happy. So it's definitely been an interesting, um, experiment you could say. I know it is, it is crazy. I, you know, people, especially like when you're a public figure, you, we, we obviously get, um, you know what one I think the words the word is troll yes that's the word the word is troll and you get like nasty dms and I get it like people are like well you're a public figure you put yourself out there like you know that's your job and I'm like yeah but when Kim Kardashian laughs all the way to the bank she like laughs (laughs) to billions of dollars I'm like get me to millions get me to get me to six figures and then you can like you can (laughs) take pot shots at me my life yeah (laughs) hundred percent I'm making what you make. And, and so it just, it doesn't feel really, I'm not financially in a place where you can completely shit on me. Like just, you know, <laughs> if we want that, we need to get some more people to listen to my podcast and subscribe to my radio show. And then you can take all the dumps anywhere well, whilst you please. Yeah. Um, Wait, that's yeah, so, so funny. You s- Wait, you, so you, cause I would, you would strike me as somebody who would handle that really, really well. Like, do you handle horribly. like online criticism? Not well. <sighs> I am getting better. Her. Um, and I, when I say getting, I mean like very, very recently because I've the, just the way I'm looking at the world now is through different eyes where I'm like, I'm really for the first time able to be like, okay, so that thing I said triggered this person for this reason. And even though that was like not my intent, I'm still sorry for like the, like the way that I overlooked, like what my overall message said to like a, a, a big group of people. So I'm trying to be like, just like more compassionate in general and like get less defensive and less knee-jerk reactive and be more like, okay, so I like, I don't want to say I say I'm sorry a lot because I feel like that makes it seem like my sorries are, you know, full of shit. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I say I'm sorry a lot, but I'm very genuine my, in my sorries because I'm like, well, even though I think you're not like you're overreacting to my joke or something I did or you're not seeing my actual intent, like at the end of the day, your feelings were hurt. And at the end of the day, I am sorry for that because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. All I want is for for everyone to love me. But I will say there's a difference. Like if you come with me, if you come to my Instagram and my DMs, like it's different. It depends where we have the conversation. Because if we're having it on Facebook, it's a fucking pile on and I'm out. I'm defensive. I'm a crybaby. I'm in the corner. I'm out. Um, If you're coming at me in my comments on my Instagram, and there's like a pile on that starts to happen. I also kind of check out of that too. I just kind of ignore it. You know, I just, it's like, it didn't happen. Like I just look away. <laughs> but if you take the time to constructively come at me with a little bit of grace and a lot of patience in my DM, which I'm not saying I deserve, but if you do that, you will get a nice response from me nine times out of 10. But if you come into my DMs and you're just like, you fucking suck dick bags. I'm like, you can suck all 
your dick bags you just sent my way. Like I have no, I have, I have no time for that. But when people come, so yeah, so the longest answer ever, do I handle the criticism? Well, no, I don't. It crushes me and it makes <laughs> me feel like shit. And I talk about it for days and I torture my girlfriend and she's like enough already. But I actually, when we can have a conversation, it does like, I actually feel like there's resolution and that makes me feel good. So I look forward to those kind of conversations, but only if they're like genuinely coming from a good place. Cause there are some people that just like, they just literally spend their days just trying to take people down. Like, emotionally, oh, yeah. and it, and it works. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm the same way. Like it, it actually does really affect me negatively. Like I, like if someone has anything bad to say, I just like, I could get a hundred really nice comments and the one yep. really, really mean one, like I'll just simmer on it forever. Um, I do have a really good tool though. Next time somebody like just comes at you in your comments, like just to be yes. a dick. Cause I'm here. Please. I'm all for the, the nice, you know, constructive feedback all day. I actually just got one of those like five minutes before we sat down to this and that's fine. But if someone like I had somebody, somebody just wrote like some like nasty message to me, um, pretty recently. And I, I figured out like the perfect response. What ready? is it? Share it. You need to. <laughs> okay. So like they, they spend all this time writing like a dickish message to you. You write back, huh? Question mark. And then, and then wait, <laughs> you wait for the three little spell, bubbles. How do you spell huh? Huh? H-U-H question mark. <laughs> but then you wait, you wait for those three little bubbles to come up. So you know that okay. they're just typing away, typing away, like doing this whole response, like ready to come at you. you and then you do a little countdown. Three, two, one, block. <laughs> right before they can send anything back. So like they waste all their time and then you just block their ass. <laughs> okay. And they know they're blocked when they're blocked, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I mean. I Well, I actually have been blocked by a couple people's accounts. I may or may not have used to been related to them. And <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world because if you've been blocked, you know what I'm talking about. It is uh, blocking is interesting, I have to say. So here's my thought process. So um, okay, so I was married before and I have most definitely been blocked by relatives, former relatives of mine, which is fair. I get it. I don't, I don't have the ability to be blocked on, for, well, I guess I could block them. I don't know. I'm conflicted. So here's the deal. So I, I didn't realize that I was blocked. I knew like we didn't follow each other and they went private, which I thought was a really good idea because, you know, I mean, I talked a lot about my relationship on the radio when I was on Sirius. So when the divorce happened, I suggested it, maybe you want to go private. It's probably best for everybody, you know, and that's what they did. Um, but one of them had a business. I'm not sure if it even exists that I knew about. And so I was like, one day I was like, I'm just going to do that self-sabotaging thing where like, you know, I look up this girl's business because she like uses herself as a model, which like I just die for. And like part of, it's like part of me dies because she like looks great. And part of me dies because I'm like, you are so self-absorbed. It's like, you know, what? it's a shame spiral that I was about to enter into. <laughs> and I couldn't find the account. And I went, oh my God, like her business is totally shut down. Bye, bitch. You know, like I'm having the best moment ever. And then like, Days went by and then I brought it up to my girlfriend and she was like, I feel like it still exists. And then she typed it in oh. and it came up. Right, right. And then I was like, oh my God, she blocked me. But I thought to myself, if I hadn't had the conversation with my girlfriend, Taylor, I would have been sitting here thinking that her business was gone. So her blocking me actually, if I never find out, leaves me feeling victorious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> so I am conflicted about the blocking. But then when you find out you're blocked, you feel like such a loser. So then there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I Because I think I, I feel like I have been blocked. And I feel like I at least I <laughs> from back in the day, last time I was blocked, I feel like you could still pull up the profile. But it says like no content. I don't know. Yeah, it says no posts, no followers. Yeah. It's just zero, zero, zero. That's, yeah, but that's you, when you know. That's when you know you've been blocked. But that's but if you have to be blocked to know what that means. Because if you have never been blocked before, you think the account that you used to follow <laughs> no longer exists. And you're because because my one of my co-hosts on my regular show just did this. So she went, she was like going after an influencer during like everything that's been going on. And she talked about it on the radio show, the Taylor Strecker show. And then she like went on her own personal Instagram and was like screenshotting this girl's stuff and just like torturing her. I mean, it was, it was, I thought it was funny anyway. So <laughs> this is juicy. She so she texts me and she's like, Oh my God. Um, her business went under. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, so I was like, I, I went to her story to like post something else on my Instagram. And like, it says like, private like her public account so she has her personal account and then her private or the, and then her public account for her business and she's like and her business says like zero followers zero posts blankly blank and it's private and she was like I can't believe it like she got canceled and I wrote back to her and I was like girl baby girl baby doll <laughs> you got blocked bitch and she blocked. was like no oh but if I had not told her that she would have thought her business went under that is do you know too what i'm saying funny. yeah no i do get it that is <laughs> like funny she's like i took this bitch down <laughs> like literally <laughs> she was so proud of herself and i was like oh no honey no no, no. you got blocked but that's the thing is that because when you find out you got blocked after you have that victory lap you feel like the even a bigger loser so actually it is effective but there should be something on Instagram where, like, you can still see that someone's thriving if they block you. Yeah. Making yeah, it seem like someone up. doesn't, right? Making sure, making it seem like somebody doesn't exist if they block you, it doesn't make the blocky feel bad. It makes them feel like they won. Yeah. Okay. We need Instagram. We need to get some execs on Instagram. This pod. We you want know, to make this sure is they their feel, favorite podcast. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> they're they're for sure listening. They're gobbling everything up. They're taking notes. Things are being changed <laughs> as we speak. Um, okay, so you started your account when you're in college. Like why? Just for fucking fun? Yeah. Um, so this is like gonna this is gonna really date me. Um, but this was before Instagram was out. I just started on Twitter. Because Instagram okay. didn't exist in 2011. Oh my God, when did it exist? I don't even remember. I think it was 2013. Damn. Um, I know, which is, you know, 2011 wasn't that long ago. It's just so crazy, but different world. So anyway, Twitter was the hot thing. Um, yep. And so I was like a senior in college. I was procrastinating, you know, as one does, like for finals week. And there were some accounts that I really loved on Twitter. Like I loved white girl problems and I loved like some other problems accounts that I would just like scroll through while I was supposed to be studying. And <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to create an account that's like something, something problems because I saw like there was a bunch of like problems-esque accounts. So yes. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to go into the adult world. Like I still feel like a kid who's like, now being forced to be an adult. So I was like, 
I hate this name, Big Kid Problems, but I'll I'll change it when I think of something better. I love I love it. <laughs> really? I love it. I've like never really gotten into it, but <laughs> here we are. It's like a little too That's late so now. That's so funny. I feel the same way about all the names I've done for my shows. I'm like, I don't really like my names. It's like, it's so crazy. Right? And that's like, you kind of like, you're like, well, that ship has sailed. Here we are. Yeah. Here uh, we are. We are stuck in this. We like, are. How many years later? Totally. Yeah. I'm going to be like 65 posting big problems. <laughs> <laughs> like we are committed. Um, but I just started it. I started just doing tweets, uh, in college and it was, um, it kind of like spread a little bit on my campus. Like I think people were like, Oh, somebody like a person from our school started this account. And so like it started picking up a following and I was just like eating that shit up. You know, oh, wait, like, wait, were you completely anonymous or was your name attached to it? Oh, completely anonymous. I was completely anonymous until like five years ago. Why? Why? I wonder yeah. if they called you behind that. Um, okay. So I was, I was obviously like, I was in my senior year, I was applying for jobs left and right. I was like, if anybody Googles my name, like they cannot see the shit I'm tweeting. Cause I was, especially when I was anonymous, like I'm pretty PC now, but like I was just, you know, stream of consciousness, anything that came through was just being posted. Like I was posting some funny ass shit, but like (laughs) things I probably couldn't get away with now. Uh, so I didn't, I was like, I cannot have my name. So that's, that was another reason I was like, I need an alias. Um, but yeah, so I, I just did that for a while. And even when I went into the adult world, like, and I, I moved to New York right after graduating. And I mean, that was like the height of my big kid problems. Like I was really like, I was like, this was, this turned into like funny and cute until like it got dark. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm like, I can't afford to eat, you know, but like <laughs> legit. Um, but I, you know, I, I did it through my early to mid twenties. And then, and then I started seeing other accounts, like actually like creating businesses for themselves. Like I saw like the yes. fat Jewish, the fat Jewish was like crushing it. Yes. And, yeah. And like, um, and like making brands and like had a rosé brand. And I was like, okay, I need to, you know, at least like look at this a little bit differently. And so when I moved over to Instagram, I, you know, just started doing memes and then, and then when it got to like a, a certain height, I think I want to say like 200,000 followers is like when yeah. I when I like poked my head out. And I was like, oh, by I the way. Say, <clears throat> like when, wh- what was the number that you hit? Like, and you can have like a bunch of different like milestones that you were like, holy fucking shit. I can't believe I hit this number. Like, what was that number for you? There was a bunch. There was a bunch. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I remember hitting 10,000 and being like, I've made it. <laughs> like, where so do I, I cash up. my check? <laughs> Where do I cash in? Like, this is amazing. Because also in the beginning of Instagram, I feel like everybody has like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers now. Like I'll get into an Uber <laughs> in LA and like the Uber driver has like 2.5 million. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, like it's just, it, but back in the day, like having a lot was really cool. Really cool. It's still <laughs> cool. It's still cool. And th- so then you hit 200 and you're like, I need to show the face, the Wizard of Oz, if you will. Yeah, but you know what was funny is when I came out of the behind the curtain, people were like, "Get back behind there!" Like no one cares. <laughs> Literally every time, and to this day, no like, way, I no swear, way. I swear. Even like to this day, like the posts that I post with myself do the worst. <laughs> Always, <laughs> people are like, "We don't come here to see you. We come here for like the jokes," and I gotta respect that. You're like, I make the jokes <laughs> yeah. though. from me show me some respect no (laughs) I get it but I've been like slowly trying over the last few years to like incorporate myself a little bit more because I do think it is kind of cool too when um 
when you like can see like there is a person and there's like more of a story behind some of the jokes that are just like super easy, you know? Yeah. And you couldn't be prettier or funnier or more awesomer. So like, what the fuck? They're... (laughs) Tell those people, block those people, and let them think that they ruined your entire business. <laughs> well, it. I'm very impressed by it. I think it's the I think it's such an amazing thing. And you know, it really like social media savvy is it, it's it's such a skill and it's such an important skill. Cause I've been I've been in the radio audio podcasting game long enough to like remember when no one like respected or understood what was happening on Instagram, self-included. And then I started to expose myself to influencers or people who had meme accounts or what have you. And I was like, this is the fucking future. And then I remember, God, Marie Claire came out with this fantastic article about like the new gold rush and it's predominantly female and all you need is an iPhone and an Instagram account. And it was just wild reading through it. And it was like, this is the future. Why am I in radio? That's what I remember thinking. But it, you, it really is, though. It's like you, but people have a talent in different areas. And like, just because you're good at, you know, talking on the radio doesn't mean you're good at doing Instagram. Just go to my page at Taylor Strecker. You'll see how bad you can be in one area of social, of like, I'm a talker. I'm a performer. It's just like, I don't like, what are tips for people who want to, I don't know, be good at, social media even the even the even the question was terrible no no be more good at social media no this is my jam um (laughs) i think i think there's a couple key things right like one is it's like you got to give the people what they want like who's your audience like what are you trying to accomplish with your page like i even like people don't realize like i have a whole i have a strategy like with big kid problems where i keep it like i keep it very segmented you know i'm talking about pretty specific things that i consider big kid problems like my categories are like career or money or you know like millennial lifestyle like relationships and I I really try and stay within those boxes so that people like know when they're coming to my page they know like what it's about and like what I'm about but so it's a little bit different if you're trying to build like your personal Instagram I mean consistency is a big thing like you have to be like if you just I know that's that's the hardest part for a lot of people like they post like once every two weeks and they're like why don't I have like more likes ding ding (laughs) ding 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 yes yes another big consistency what what when you say consistency really what's consistency every single day uh it depends it totally depends like for my like for big kid problems I'm posting every single day but in people's personal accounts unless you're like sharing useful information and you're just like if you're just posting selfies every day like maybe hold that shit back like right but I tried it like in my personal I try to do like two to three posts a week okay okay and people will people will have conflicting information. It's just again, like it's it's the type of value that you're bringing to your audience, and like right, you know, and everybody's everybody's answer is going to be different. Like if you're going to be funny, like I think there's more room to be, you know, like there's if you're being funny more often is a little bit easier than like if you're posting like five days in a row of like really deep emotional posts. Like that could be exhausting right. for an audience. Like I think it's it's all very subjective. That's fucking fascinating. You know, you just said something that like made me go, oh, no, duh. So it's like there's some there is a difference between a personal account and like an actual like like a like a, a meme account. What's another word for a meme account that we can use? Because I feel like I keep saying the thing I'm not supposed to say. Oh, no, you can. I mean, it is kind of a meme account, a comedy account, a comedy account. So Platform, are, are, are people uh, can 
can it be possible to combine a personality or a person with like a comedy meme account, if you will? Is that have people done it or are they in very different categories? Oh, no. I mean, that's like the goal, like at least for me, like that's what I'm trying to do right now. And I think there are people who have done it You're really successfully, it. like uh, Fat Jewish. I mean, he's totally yep. turned himself basically into a brand where he can just post him a picture of himself doing something crazy or he's posting a meme or a joke or something. Or, you know, uh, I think Girl With No Job does a good job where she posts yep. herself. You kind of know what's going on in her life, but she's also posting uh, content. So yep. there's definitely people who do it. Uh, it's just kind of teetering. It's, it, it is an interesting balance when you're trying to do both. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just over here posting every two weeks and uh, <laughs> I'm either I'm like I'm I, I think I have like um I think I'm a binger and a purger when it comes to my Instagram. I'm either like nonstop, like fun, 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 nonstop, serious, 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 nonstop. Like I'm going to save the world. And then I just go dead silent for two weeks. Yeah. I'm like I'm I basically it's it's I'm on a drug bench. I'm either <laughs> off of it or I'm on it. That's how I do it. Okay. Well, aside from uh, Big Kid Problems, well, and also speaking of your brand, you have a podcast. You guys make sure to check it out. It's called The Big Kid Problems Podcast. I'm going to be a guest on it in like a little bit, I think. Oh, actually, no. I'm going to be a guest in the next season, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Season that's coming up in fall. But I have to say, Taylor, you were actually on one of my favorite episodes of all time. And I'm not really? supposed I to say on... that. I'm not supposed to say well, that all my episodes are great, but I loved the one you were on. I was on there with Hannah Burner. Yes. You had we had a we had a packed episode. You guys were on. We talked about what did we talk about? Oh, it was about um like when you do a course correction in life. So you're going yes. down life down one path and then you just decide to fucking book it the other direction. <laughs> yep. Get a divorce, be a lesbian. That was yep. my course direction. And it really honestly I had my I had a therapy session today and I have to say it did work for me. It real that course the course it's it's called course correction, right? That's what I called it. Yeah. I think yeah, that it's it's something that what what did you course correct? Remind me. I'm trying to think. I had a couple. I I mean, we all everybody has these moments in life, right? Where you're like doing something like it could even be in a relationship. Like I I think I had a relationship a couple years ago that I thought I was going to marry the guy and right. you know, course corrected right out of that. Um, I of course corrected in business like I thought you know I wanted to be in the corporate world and now I tell internet jokes so I've had a couple pivots and it's a big decision and it can be scary sometimes to kind of jump off that cliff uh, Uh and make a huge change but you've done it I've done it Hannah Burner we're better off for it we're way better off for it Totally. That's the thing. I think that like some really smart guy some Polonius guy said something very smart one time about like you're only as good as like how you recover from your failures. You know what I'm saying? And I guess course correction is kind of an extension of that. It's like, we're all going to fall. That's just fucking life. But like what separates like, well, I was going to say the men from the women, but I just realized what a sexist phrase that was. <laughs> oh, the boys from the men. Okay, that's fine. We can take that one. But, but what separates, you know, like the children from the adults, I guess, is like how you recover from like the shit that you go through, that you're trudging through. So you got to be a good course corrector because everyone's going to have to do it at some point in their life. Right. Totally. And I like to think sometimes I'll like catch myself thinking like, what if I had stayed on that other path? Like what, how different would my life look like? 
you know? Oh my God. I would be drinking martinis at 8 a.m., popping all the pills the doctor would prescribe me. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So you made the right call. We're, we're good. Yeah, I made the right decision, right? I, if, if it's better for all parties included. Um, okay. Well, so aside from the fact that, you know, your account covers all big kid problems, very relatable millennial stuff, you also are talking a lot, especially right now, about your wedding because, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah is a Corona bride. Uh, yes, I am. How is everything going? I know we checked in on Betch's brides recently, but I just want to check back in and see how things are going because I, I, I feel like this is going much longer than we've been anticipating. So where are you right now? Yeah. So my actual wedding was would be coming up in a couple weeks. It was July 18th. Um, So which is kind of crazy because I now I now finally feel like I definitely made the right call. You know, you did. You did. I, I, I had spoken to you right after you had decided to postpone. Yeah. Yeah. A couple months back, we we decided a couple months ago and then there was always that uncertainty I'm like oh crap like can you imagine if I went through all this trouble postponed the wedding made everybody change their flights and like we get to July and it's like totally like clear and fine like that would have sucked that would have sucked that would have sucked but surprise we're back in (laughs) shit again everything still sucks so I'm like yay um (laughs) no not exactly but uh I now I feel like I definitely made the right call I mean I'm still really nervous like you know I I hope that we're out of it by June of next year, but like who freaking knows? So yeah, it's been a little bit, a little bit of a shit storm and I feel bad for any bride out there who is a Corona bride who's gone through this. Cause it's just like, I think being like getting married and being a bride in general is like way more emotional than I ever thought. Like, I don't know if you experienced that. Like I'm not an emotional person and I like, I'm just like about every decision that comes up. I'm like, oh, well, this is the one time I'm going to face this. You know, like it's just like a big it's a bigger deal than I think I knew I was getting into. Yeah, it's being a bride is very emotional in general, but I can't even honestly, I can't even begin to understand what it's like to be a Corona bride because I I haven't lived it. It's like I feel really bad for all the Corona brides. I mean, this it fucking sucks. And I know, you know, you've gotten a lot of pushback from people being like, oh, my God, it's just the wedding. And, you know, <laughs> it's like people are like people are dying, losing their jobs, which we all acknowledge are happening and are very real things like that's not lost on us. But like also when you have to cancel like the biggest party day of your life. Right. Because that's what we say with a wedding. Right. It's the most important day of your life. So if yeah. we're going to say that you can't get pissed at people when they're like mourning and sad and grieving the fact that they aren't going to be able to get married on the day that they've been planning spending money on. I mean, this Ugh. is a big ass deal. It's a so, big ass deal. And it's like a year of planning. That's actually what I'm like most upset about is it's just like there was so much work that went into planning this yeah. wedding. And then you just have to kind of like wipe it away and be like, all right, <laughs> we're going to have to come back and redo like all of this uh, next year. And like, that's the thing. I'm like, I just want it to be done at this point. I'm like, so ready to just You're pass so over the wedding. <laughs> so over it. I want to pass the bridal torch. I'm like ready for this period of life to be behind me, which is kind of sad, I guess. But maybe when it gets closer to the wedding, I'll get excited again. You will. I mean, again, like I think a lot, I think, I think bridal fatigue, a lot of brides go through again under normal circumstances. So of course, under the extra pressure of a pandemic, it's got to be just like beyond. Have you at all thought of like just saying fuck it and just like getting married like now? 
like <sighs> with the two of you. I mean, that's like what my mom wants us to do really bad. She's like, why don't you just like get married, have a baby, and then we'll have your wedding, <laughs> you know? And I'm just, hey, I, I totally get that decision for like other people because I actually have had other friends who are like, we're just going to go get married and we'll have a big party next year. That's really cool. For some reason, like both of us, I don't know, we've been dating so long. We're already seven years into this thing like we already kind of feel married like we live together we have a dog together we're doing all the things we're like you know what we we are okay you know doing this another year and we just really want like we we both really want to bring all of our people together like we both lived in like many like different states and we have like big like groups of friends that we just like we all have been talking about for like the last five years of like how funny is it going to be when we get all of these wild humans we've collected together in one room so we we really like we're kind of like you know what we're gonna we really want that dream to be fulfilled so we're gonna we're gonna wait and hoping and fingers are crossed that we can freaking do it next year so you know what's nuts is that my taylor and i have been together for five years and we like she has been like really talking about rings for a while and i'm like yeah 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 but i think that like having hosted Betch's Brides got me, I don't know, I don't know if it's just we've been together for five years or that I w- I've been talking about weddings so much, but like this is this might sound crazy, We're, and I hope it doesn't sound disrespectful because I don't mean it at all, but like there's something about the pandemic and what it's done to the wedding industry, like in, through my POV, that I'm actually more ready now to get married than ever, and I'm like, like I used to like really be like, I have to get like this massive ring and spend all this money on it, and like we're gonna have to budget out like so much money for our wedding, and now I like see this window of opportunity to like get away with doing super non traditional wedding things. So I'm like, mm. fuck, I'm like, fuck real diamonds. Let's just get like lab grown diamonds. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. We'll blame it on Corona. And and I'm also like super cheap. So that is working out great for me. And then I'm like, and then we can just have a wedding with like our parents, like, and just like, again, be like, we can't have a big wedding. And it's like, and then we don't have to spend all this money on a big wedding. And maybe that's not fair for me because like I had the big wedding. So I got that out of my system. Yeah. Whereas my girlfriend Taylor hasn't, but like, she just is like, I just want a really big party at some point with all of our friends and family. So like our plan, like down the road was already to kind of do whatever like to have like a zoom wedding you know what i'm saying yeah it's like we've kind of already been like that's that works for our budget that works for like our vibe and so i now i feel like we got to hurry up and do it before it goes back to normal when it's not socially acceptable to do that anymore so (laughs) we've been looking at rings i think we're gonna do a proposal like probably at some point this summer i know we've been like talking about it and really working it through oh my god I know, I know, Wait, I know. What? Congratulations! Thank Are you just you. like I, dropping I, this casually on the podcast? Like this is? Huge. I actually am. I actually am. I know. Isn't that crazy that I'm like so cavalier about it? But well, because we're both girls, though. Too like what was freaking me out is like I'm like I know that I was married before, so maybe I should be the one to propose. But like I'm still a girl. Like I I want a pretty ring too. I want to be special as well. So. <laughs> I told her, I, and she's like, I just love you. I just want to get engaged and married already and, like, start a family. And so she's like, so, like, let's just propose to each other. Let's get each other rings. Let's just fucking do it. So she's been, like, in contact with this, like, lab-grown diamond. I swear to God, like, like contact we have. And she's already picked out her ring. She's like, look at these diamonds. The woman's been looking at diamonds for us. Yes, I am dropping this bomb right I'm now. Like, but, I'm, like, tearing up. <laughs> this is so like- we've been... 
we've been looking and like we think there's going to be an opportunity where our families will probably all be together this summer. So we're like, maybe, maybe we could coordinate it around that, which would be like super special. So like, I guess I'm giving away like all the secrets, but like, that's the point is like, we're working in tandem together. So there's like not really a secret. The only secret is actually like for our families, if that makes any sense. She's looking at me right now like, shut up. It's a <laughs> secret. But no, she, no, she would just went like this to me. She just was like, eh, it's fine. Um, But we're like, let's just do it together. And I, so I, I really think I'm, I have no idea, but like the prediction is like, once we get the rings, then we just have to figure out what we're going to do it. But we're going to do it probably at some point this summer. And then, but then I'm like, Sarah, this like, summer, this summer. So engaged this summer. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. And this is then, so exciting. And then I'm like, but what if we just got like married at my parents with our family, ne- like at my parents' house? Cause it's like only 25 of us like next summer. And then we'll have like a big blowout party with all of our friends and everybody. But like, but I realized that like, we're going to be, if we do that, Sarah, we'll be beating all of our friends who were supposed to get married before us. Will that piss people off? That's the question. Oh my God. Okay. That's like, how would you feel? Okay. Well, I I know how I feel because it's already happened to me twice. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I mean, I just, I actually had my, my best friend. Um, I got engaged. I got, I'm like, I hate interrupting your story because I'm so excited for you. That's the end. That's the end. I'm so excited. I'm like tearing up and I'm freaking out and this is amazing. Um, okay. So this just happened to me. So my, my, my very best friend came to, uh, visit me last year. I got engaged in May and then she was coming up to visit me July 4th weekend. And so this is a couple months later after I had, we had already been engaged. She came to stay with us July 4th weekend. I had a couple of our other friends, um, stop by the house. Like they were in the neighborhood and my friend was with his brother who stopped by and they met at our house. They looked at each other. I swear to God, I was in the room and I was like, holy shit, what just happened? Like they had like a complete electric moment. The the boys were supposed to like just pop by our house and say hi and like go about their weekend. They ended up hanging out with us all weekend long. They got engaged six months later. They just got married this last weekend. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. So they got engaged. They met, got engaged and got married in the time span since I I've already been engaged like <laughs> so, we've only been engaged this whole time so how does that feel <laughs> um if I feel happy for them I think it's like a really cute story but then of course I look at my fiance and I'm just like giving him dagger eyes <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm like hmm I guess when you know you know <laughs> <laughs> Because he literally tortured me. He tortured me for like two full years that I thought we were going to be engaged like the entire time for two years. Wait, wait, how did he torture you? I need to know. I mean, I just, we had been dating for so long. We had been dating for a really, really long time. And then um, we ended up, we were long distance for a while. He was in LA. I was in New York and I loved New York. I was like, I'm never leaving New York. And eventually, like we after about a year of doing long distance, we were basically like, all right, we want to take the next level in our relationship. We have to be together. He had to be in L.A. for work. And like I tell jokes on the Internet, so I didn't really have a leg to stand on. (laughs) Um, So I made the like super hard decision to, you know, sell everything in my apartment and move across the country. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, let me also let me also preface it this way. One of my other girlfriends in New York was doing the exact same thing and she moved to LA two weeks before I did and she walked off the plane and her boyfriend proposed at the airport of her <gasps> walking at the airport. Uh, These are stories we should not tell our friends when they I happen to know. us. <laughs> so anyway, so she tells me that like after she moved there and I was like, whoa, like I wonder if he's going to propose like right when I get there, you know? And then I got there and waited and then I waited some more. <laughs> I waited. <laughs> and then like a full year and a half went by and I just started having like emotional breakdowns. Like if you don't propose to me, I'm le- I'm going back. And then he, um, that's, the, <laughs> that's the super romantic story. I can't wait to tell our kids. Um, <laughs> but that's the truth. Uh, yeah, he tortured me. He tortured me. Don't but he worry. Did, he made it. He made our engagement was beautiful and actually like the cutest story ever. And it was I, I'd like to say it was worth it. Tell, tell, tell. I'll let you go after you tell the engagement story. OK, fine. Um, basically, I mean, I, like I said, like I had been for months at this point, like just getting so sad. I don't know if any girls out there have had to like go through this where they're, they're in a long term relationship and they're just like, um. My girlfriend is you, okay? Really? Well, she's been throwing rings in my face for the last three weeks straight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, five years. Once you hit that five-year mark, it's like, come on, are we doing this or what? Well, Uh, we had a birthday party for me at our new place in New Jersey, which is like really big and it's just fucking awesome. And um, we invited her whole family, my whole family, and her mom, (laughs) like... At like two hours of the party was like Taylor. And I'm like, what? She was like, we thought you were proposing. And I was <gasps> like, who said that? Who said that? And she's like, well, we're all together as a family. We just, it's like the perfect. And I was like, I didn't say that. That's on you, Annie. That's on you. But then I was like, fuck, I got to propose. Like they, this summer <laughs> bust, you know? It's so true. At a certain point, like every vacation we went on, I was just like, let me pack my white dress just in case. <laughs> Never fucking broke that shit out ever. Um, yeah, it's it's torture. It's I actually, you know what I equated it to? Um, this is around the time I was like really getting uh, bogged down by it. So I was like, okay, if you if you went to go test drive a car in 2015, <laughs> like you only get so many miles on that car, and then like first of all, then you're just damaging the car. Like you can't just bring it back to the shop like after four <laughs> or five years and be like, here, uh, go sell yourself now with all the 2020 models. Like you can't do that. Like you got crumbs in the seat. You have like, you know, all this wear and tear on the car that you've accumulated. You better buy that freaking car. You fucking better buy the motherfucking car. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Even if you're going to park it in the garage for the rest of its life, just yeah, buy, buy that, that car. Jesus. Anyway. That's so, a great analogy. Yeah. So anyways, I was um, not, not feeling great about everything, but we, we were, uh, we were getting into the summer. Yeah. It was May of last year. And he did get me good because that was the whole thing is he's like, I was waiting. I I anticipated it at every turn, like every time he went to vacation, every, every things. And he really wanted to surprise me, which, by the way, I hate surprises. <laughs> I don't know why he was like, yeah, so excited to surprise me. Um, <laughs> but we he told me like we had been at this charity event at this place called um, Malibu. Oh, my God. Am I forgetting the name? Calamigos Ranch in Malibu. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. 
I think I saw on the Real Housewives of Orange County. Did I just make that up or am I just an actual Bravo genius? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful like event space. It's actually like a hotel, like boutique hotel. And they have like restaurants yeah. and all this stuff in the middle of Malibu. It is gorgeous. So we had been there a couple months before for a charity event. And so he just told me he's like, oh, like through work because he gets invited to this stuff all the time. He's like, we have another event at Calamigos. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I love that place. So he's like, OK, part of it is he's like, I have to go early and play in this golf tournament. And then you want to just meet for the dinner at Calamigos. So I was like, sure. Um, so he's like, meet at seven. Around like 630 rolls around. I'm like, I'm not going to get there on time because I don't want to like show up and, you know, by myself with all these people who are here for a charity event. I'm like, that's weird. He calls me at 630. He's like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I haven't left yet. He's like, you need to hurry up. It's a it's a seated dinner. Just, you have to get here by seven. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I I get an Uber, get up to Calamigo's Ranch like a full hour late. <laughs> you know like Stop. a full hour late to this and I'm like taking my sweet time like the the um the valet driver is like oh you're here for the event we're gonna escort you up so they they walk me to this wine this part of the property that's like a winery that's up this hill so he's like you just follow the path up this hill and I'm walking up the path and <sighs> and I see and I like completely I was like taking like Instagram stories you know like I wasn't really paying attention and I see and then I noticed this like little sign on the ground that said like sometimes and then I kept walking and then there was like another little sign that said like the best moments and then I kept walking. I'm like, oh, this must be for the event. And then another sign said are around the corner and I turned the corner expecting to see like tables, chairs, like a whole event. And it's just Brandon standing in the middle of this open vista <laughs> overlooking Malibu with like rose petals everywhere. And oh I. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I am covered in goosebumps. Covered. It's I like know. surging I all too. over. Even just telling the story. It was. Oh, my God. I almost fell over. Like, I literally, I was so shocked. And then I just started immediately crying. And it was it was awesome. So it was worth it. Oh. It was worth the torture. Oh. oh, he did good. Oh, he did real good. Shit. See, and then when I hear stories like that, then I'm like, fuck, maybe I do want to, like, give Ted, or I call my tailor Ted. Maybe I do want to give Teddy that moment, you know? Like, oh, fuck, man. I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> we can brainstorm after this. I, I, I swear, I'm going to pick your brain. Okay. Let's do like, yeah, let's let's approach it like the way we we're gonna approach my social media. <laughs> give me a give me a twofer. <laughs> I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you my like social media tutor and like just my like my life guru. Love it. I'm here for Love it. Love it. Um, Sarah, you are the best. I adore you. I'm so happy I finally had got you on the podcast. Um, you guys make sure to follow Sarah on Instagram at Big Kid Problems. Her account's so fucking funny. I love it. It's it just especially during like super heavy times. It's just like, it's just a nice little break for me to laugh every single day. So thank you for that. Also make sure to listen to Sarah's podcast. It's called the big kid problems podcast. And Sarah, I know you also have your uh, personal account. It's just your full name. At oh Sarah yeah. Merrill. Sarah A. Merrill underscore. I got screwed. There's like eight other Sarah Merrill's, but <laughs> you'll see me on big kid problems. I'm tagged. Exactly. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me, girl. I can't wait to come on your podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. So excited. Thank you so much. You guys, uh, in the meantime, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back next week with another amazing podcast. Until then, bye, girl. Bye. <laughs>